Good morning and welcome to two guys discussing software. Two, two Irish guys. Yes, two Irish guys discussing software. This is our second podcast. I'm delighted to be here again with my good friend and colleague, Brendan Walsh. Great to still be here. My name is Tomás O'Leary. I'm the CEO and founder of Origina. And Brendan? What am I? I'm like your right-hand man or something, uh, but uh, sales director here at Origina. Delighted to have you again. Thank you very much. As I said, yes, we're in episode two. Delighted to be talking to everybody again. We're talking a topic, our favorite topic, IBM and IBM's latest acquisition. I think when we last spoke, we had just heard the news. It's just hot on the press. We were making some speculations, what we think might happen. I think some of the news is a little bit clearer. So we're going to have a chat about that. And we're going to be delighted to be joined by a special guest in, in a few minutes. We'll open up with a conversation, given it's early in the morning here in Ireland, about coffee, because I've got my coffee. <laughs> I notice you don't have your coffee, but Java. I'd like to have a little conversation yeah. about Java. And my coffee was homemade Java, so, you know, that's well, probably quite relevant, perhaps, to the Well, good for topic. you. Good for you. So we're going to talk about Java. I mean, there's, there's a lot of talk about Java in the news at the moment. There is a case between Oracle and Google. Um, I don't know whether you've been following this in the press, anyone who's into the intellectual property side of things, this whole argument between Google and Oracle. Oracle is suing Google for the use of some of the uh, Java APIs in the Android operating system. And this went to a lower court, got settled back in 2014, and then it got pushed up to the federal courts who uh, were less tech savvy and felt actually know that APIs were protected by intellectual property. And now we have a situation where a little bit of code that connects with somebody else's product, which is actually how the whole IT industry is built, potentially could be unraveling in front of our eyes. This has actually gone up to the Supreme Court as of last week in the United States, and it has a huge potential impact on the, on the industry. We won't know will they take the case. If they do take the case, it'll be heard in the autumn. What's in the favor is that when there's a dispute between two courts below, they tend to take the case. But it's a, it's a scary proposition because imagine you have, for example, you have a platform, even a cloud platform, where you're running applications belonging to clients, and there's a teeny bit of code in there. The door will open to all these, these intellectual property trolls. And we, I mean, we talk about IBM being a potential intellectual property troll. I think in comparison to some of these guys that really are good at it, they'll blow this out of the water and they'll, they could potentially cause a real issue. And the other issue you'll have is that if people are scared of this, they'll end up writing non-interfaceable, non-sharing platforms that can't talk to each other. Mm. So we'll have, have a real problem in the industry. Yeah. So it, it's, I mean, obviously reading about it and following it, but it seems to be, uh, obviously it's gone back and forth between various courts, there's been various rulings, there's been appeals, and it's quite kind of obviously very interesting that there seems to be such differing opinion uh, over what you would have thought would be quite a simple argument as to whether or not the copyright exists. You know, you probably have a better viewpoint as to why do we think there's such differing views amongst differing courts on the same point? Uh, and is copyright law so complicated in the US or is it just, you know, what is, what is driving, I suppose? Yeah, it's a good question. Yeah. Uh, copyright law is complicated everywhere. Yeah. That's the problem. Copyright law, patent law, it's complicated. I mean, there's huge debate going on in the US at the moment around the Section 101 of the US Copyright Act and whether something is patentable or not, yeah. um, what constitutes a patent under what conditions. And this is a big issue in software because software is code um, yeah, it's, it's a real challenge. So it shows the sort of issues that our clients have in terms of understanding even the very basics. It's a very complicated area. And the other interesting thing about our coffee and Java uh, <laughs> is what they're also, what's also happening in that world is 
the whole area of audits now. Our Oracle have changed their approach to Java um, and the, the kind of Java runtime licenses that they apply. They've changed their charging metric and their measurement metric, I believe, as well. And while they're not actually doing any audits yet, the problem is they are, as a company, quite audit, as we all know, uh, friendly, <laughs> let's call it. They're quite audit friendly. They to, to the audit firms. Oh, to the audit firms, but not yeah. to their clients. <laughs> They're or audit aggressive, one could say. They um are not actually doing any audits yet, from what I understand, or I haven't heard of any. They're just terrified everybody into being so paranoid. Nobody wants to be even caught up because they're. Audit of a Java environment is for, sort of where half the Java is. Yeah, and now to defend which... yourself is quite a complicated matter. So, you know, they've got lots of legal might behind them. And to get yourself into battle with Oracle could cost, you know, the only winner here are lawyers, really. There's millions of legal dollars being spent on yeah. this. Yeah. Uh, tens of millions, it would look like, to think how much has been spent on the Oracle Google case so far. But it would frighten any smaller company into touching it because they'd be afraid that they're just going to get sued down the line. So, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so innovation and entrepreneurialism gets hit. Yeah. Know, I think it's probably the, yeah, one of the outcomes, you know. So we're kind of at this kind of crossroads, aren't we? You know, the, yeah. the software industry, what is it? 35, 40 years old, if even. And it's at this kind of really important stage in its, its development. I mean, there's been huge developments with cloud and and software as a service and software is in everything now. This is the other issue. Software is in absolutely everything from your toaster to your to your refrigerator to, to your car. You can't walk out the door without bumping into software yet we can't see it. You know, yeah, we'll look at I, you know, the IoT world, the world I used to operate in, you know, internet of everything. I mean, software is in banding into literally billions of devices, you know, hundreds of millions of new devices are things, as you pointed out, you know, the toasters and the refrigerators. Uh, key fobs, you know, on an annual basis. So yeah. software is in, is pervasive. It's in yeah. literally everything. Your old company was was yeah. acquired. Been with us now for well over a year at this stage, a year and a half. The I can't believe it. Acquisitions. You wanted to talk about some of the things you've been seeing in the news recently. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously fond of acquisitions and mergers. Um, very interesting topic. It seems to have been a pretty buoyant year in two thousand eighteen. According to Deloitte, it's uh, technology acquisitions was the number one driver of acquisitions in 2018. So unless you'd be keeping an eye on this stuff, you probably would have missed it. There's some obvious, very large ones mm-hmm. which are uh, dear to our heart, like uh, IBM's acquisition of Red Hat for something like $33 billion. But, but some of the other more traditional vendors uh, have also been on the acquisition path, uh, like SAP, um, I think they spelled, spent something like $8 billion acquiring a company you probably never heard of called Qualtrics, mm. which are a digital customer experience company, the world, the number the world they used to operate in before. You know, so some serious money being spent. Excellent. Yeah, and, and actually acquisitions is a great lead-in to our guest because we want to talk to our guest and I want to introduce my guest um, if he's there. I'm very well, guys. How are you? Excellent, excellent. Matt, Matt just for our, our listeners... Matt is the CEO of uh, ITAM Insights. They're an organization based in the UK. You are, I think we correctly call you, transformation experts. Uh, very important thing, particularly with lots of change going on. And uh, Matt, we know Matt from his time as one of the lead transformation people within British Telecom, BT, for well over 10 years. So welcome, Matt. Delighted to have you here. How are I'm you? very well. Um, very snowy in uh, the UK today, but, um, you know, a couple of inches, the whole country's ground to a halt, but we managed to get through it. And, you know, you're with two Irishmen, the week of a very important 
a sporting occasion here on these two islands. Um, I'm not talking about Brexit. I'm talking about a game that's happening this Saturday um, between Ireland and England. So uh, hopefully by the time this goes live, we'll, we may know the result. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would like to be optimistic. Um, I, I would say if we're going to play Ireland on any day, the first game is the day. Very good, yeah. Um, and you could be right, you could be right. We'll see, we'll see. Um, Matt, listen, you've been in this space for a long time. You've worked in a softer world and you've been on the receiving end of, I'm sure, many a, a softer company salesperson and audit firm and, and te- technical evangelist over the years. I want to just talk about, Brendan was talking about the acquisitions there a moment ago. IBM had just announced that it was selling a number of products you know, notes, Webster, Commerce Suite, Portal, Unica, a number of products, the marketing products to HCL. It was hot off the press. So we weren't even sure what the story was there. We're now a number of weeks later, you know, this, this is, is this a good deal for IBM, do you think, selling these products to HCL? So I think I'll answer that from, on two ways. So from an IBM perspective, um, uh, bear in mind they've had no growth for 18, 22 quarters. I think they're doing nothing. Um, was pro- probably not an option for them um, because if they did nothing, they would end up with the same result. So they they had to do something. I think in the past, IBM have been reasonably good at transforming themselves. I don't think it's really clear at the moment what their their transformation strategy is, but I think doing nothing was really wasn't an answer for them. For the HCL perspective, I think it's probably a really good good deal. I think their results were out at the beginning of the week, middle of the week, and uh, they continue to show a, a quite a steep growth. This gives them a massive access to the customer base. And I think that uh, organizations like the HCLs, the Infosys, people like that, I think they're quite envious of some of the, the software vendors and their revenue streams. So I, I think as time goes on, I think we'll see those lines getting a little bit blurry between what is a service, typical service organization and a vendor, a software vendor. Do you not think it's a bit of a, a bit of desperation on both parts? I mean, I'm looking at the deal going, seven products that IBM have, they're selling these products off for probably less than they bought them for. They're HCL or buying a product that, a bunch of products that really are in decline. I mean, they've been in decline for, for many years. And in and our business, we see it all the time. We're seeing IBM revenues and maintenance revenues and new license revenues fall into the floor in the space. So, I mean, you know, knowing what I know in our business, I wouldn't have touched any of those products with a barge bullet. I think it's a bad deal for HCL personally. I think it's probably a good deal from IBM's perspective. I suppose the bit that's unclear is what HCL will do to the software. We know from other vendors, there is a market for graveyard, uh, elephant graveyard software. Some vendors that we all, we love and know, Microfocus for one, that, that made made a good living out of that. I think it's, it's an odd mix of products. So, there does feel like the ones in that mix, like Lotus and, and stuff like that, is sort of fits that elephant graveyard. But things like Big Fix don't. And it's, it is an odd mix. I'd be interested to see how HCL do with them. I just think they're looking at it thinking, this given us access to such a massive customer base, I, I think they're looking wider than that. So I, I think HCL, in the end, I think we'll do well out of this. Yeah, okay. Yeah. What do you, what do you think, Ben? 
Yeah, so 5,000 customers reportedly is what they've acquired by the seven products. I suppose everybody's talking about, you know, HCL and, you know, will they maximize profits from it? You know, IBM trying to get back some of the, the money that they've paid for the Reddit acquisition. But uh, I don't hear anybody really talking about the clients. So my first thought is always about, well, what, what is the impact on the client? Well, my question to you is around that, Matt, because I was talking to a large German client of ours recently and around Christmas time, and they were looking at migrating away from Domino, Lotus Domino, and they hadn't heard about the acquisition until we mentioned it to them on what, in one of our meetings. They were like, really? What, what's this? I said, well, it's been in the news. So they hadn't heard from, from anybody, not from IBM. So what do you think the impact is on the client base, the, these 5,000 clients, Matt? Well, I think it's um, it's a typical the way I, IBM play things. They the last thing on their mind is to have a have a chat with their customers. I think I, I look at IBM a bit like a an older statesman, like an elder person who who's sitting on top of his, his empire and doesn't really want to engage with with others. But from a customer perspective, anything like this allows people to make change. So it makes people think about what the service they got, what they're going to do with it. So although the lack of communication has happened from IBM, people are really serious about transforming their estate, then this is an opportunity for them to have a real good look at it. They're certainly being seriously thinking about whether they're going to continue to pay an annual support and maintenance fee, not knowing what that's probably going to look like. You know, that's what I'd be thinking. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Matt, do you think this is an attempt by IBM to slim down their business and get rid of all their legacy technologies to, as they move to the cloud? Well, cloud, yes. I think they're trying to make themselves more relevant to the customer base. I don't think it's just cloud. I think it'd be the, the cyber products, the security products. I, I don't think it's just cloud, but I just think they're trying to make themselves more relevant. But they've got a lot of competition in that space. And I'm not sure whether the culture of that organization will allow them to succeed. But I suppose only time will tell. Their cloud revenue in their last quarter grew, what was it, 4%? You know, in a market that's grown double digits. So and considering IBM probably puts everything into cloud, I think they even measure if they sell you technology that you're going to use in the cloud, that's also they count as cloud. I mean, you know, when you're trying to, and you have that much revenue still, you know, nearly $80 billion, you can move numbers around. But the reality is, I think if you stripped it back, I'd say IBM's numbers are probably half that, if at best. And it is growing, I've no doubt. Yeah, they haven't really cracked it. So maybe this is their attempt to finally get rid of some of their legacy products. And this is what they're going to do with all of them. So what do you think they're going to do with the mainframe? I think the smart thing, personally, I think the smart thing would be to sell it. Sell the mainframe business. I mean, IBM, I think, as a company, needs to be broken up. I mean, their, their mainframe business is a platform that has been stubbornly remaining within organizations. Organizations have really struggled to move away from it. It has, still has good revenues. It is, it's an excellent, it's a profitable business. It is been declining, but it's been declining. It's like, it's like the, the iceberg. It's taken an awful long time. I think if somebody else was running that as a separate business, they might find a way of finding a relevant role for the mainframe outside of its, of its core customers. So that'd be my personal view. You know, you mentioned, you know, the impact on customers and giving customers a chance to think about, you know, their use of the products or, you know, options they have. You've had a bit of experience of working with ourselves at Origina here and what we do with, you know, third party support. So do you think clients could benefit from, you know, investigating their options in that regard, you know, swapping their support to, uh, you know, a third party in this particular situation as it pertains to the HCL products? I think absolutely. The short answer is yes. Um, so... Uh, I've got 
experience. I know others have experience of Origina will um, take your service on. They will enhance your service. And absolutely, they will save you money. However, I, I do think that if, you've, if you're thinking this way, you need to have the right mindset to, to change because it's easy to sit there and, and look at your, your flash SAM tool and look at the knobs and dials and see what it's, it's, it's saying. These acquisitions and stuff like this allows you to have a real good think about what you want to do and whether you're happy having that level of service from IBM and paying that amount of money. And I just think that it's not an easy transition to make. However, it, it's really the, the role of the transformation SAM person to have those relationships with the, their customers, the IT guys, the architects, the finance, the procurement people. So go and have those conversations and, and, sort of, and get your business bought into it. Because in my experience, moving to Original was a real positive experience. It comes with a lot of work, so don't underestimate it. But the end result is well worth it. Excellent. Yeah, just to your point there, I mean, the customers, you know, whether they should pay IBM, actually, in this case, they're going to be paying the same amount of money, which we obviously know is quite high, uh, but they're paying it to HCL. So it's a bit more uncertain, you know, uh, as to what that's going to look like. And is the subscription part of your SNS going to actually give you a roadmap of features? You know, that's unproven too. So, And, and I'm, I'm all for if, if an organization changes something it gives you the opportunity to have a think about hang on a minute something's changing here am i happy with that you don't have to don't have to take it but you can't just talk about it you need to go away have the right conversations and go and speak to people like myself or there are others um that have gone through this transformation and, and speak to you you guys um it's a difficult thing to do but it's well worth it. You've, you've obviously made a big transformation personally in the last uh, six to nine months. Your organization, Nightem Insights, you, that's, this is what you do. You, you help organizations on that transformation journey, you know, given your experience over many, many years. Um, so, yeah, how, how has that gone for you? So um, it's, it's going well. Um, there's, a few, there's a few things that have... Not surprised me, but um, um, I, I think it, it takes longer to engage uh, with customers. Well, when you're working with a customer, from your perspective, you're the only thing you're concerned about, but they've got 101 things going on. So getting things sorted out, arranging meetings, always takes a little bit longer than you would want. Um, but overall, the message that I'm, I'm trying to promote, which is really understand your IT estate to, to allow you to then to make informed choices around what software you actually need and therefore what service you actually need for that soft software has been well received. Um, so it's very enjoyable. Excellent. Well, I, I've no doubt it would be well received because uh, somebody who's worked with you personally, um, your experience is, uh, in my knowledge, is absolutely second to none. So I've no doubt it'll be a success and is a success. Brilliant. So I think we're about done for time here. Listen, Matt, it was a pleasure as always speaking to you. Thank you for joining two Irish guys discussing software. With one English guy. With one English guy. And thank you to anyone who's listening is out there and all our listeners. We've delighted. I was in California last week and I met a listener. Do you believe? So we've got listeners as far away as California. So um, thank you very much. And we'll speak to you all on our next podcast.